You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. A smile is more than just a smile. Yes, the health of your smile, those teeth, can uh, determine the health of your overall well-being, uh, whether or not you have dis-ease in your body. And I'm so excited for today's show. So welcome to Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. On today's show, we have an extraordinary guest. Her name is Dr. Michelle Jorgensen, and she is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, teacher, biological, holistic dentist, and health and wellness provider. She's the author of four different books. A couple of those titles is Healthy Mouth, Healthy You. It's a holistic dental guide. Uh, One is called Be Prepared, Not Scared, 12 Steps to Emergency Preparedness, Self-Sufficiency Living, 100 Days from the Garden. Uh, She is a naturopath as well. She is just full of information, but we're going to really focus on the mouth in this episode and uh, hear her story because she uh, was practicing traditional dentistry for 10 years until she became very sick. And she's going to share and break down that story a little bit of how she became sick and how she overcame her toxicity. And um, yeah, she has just been on a mission for the last 10 years. She's just been paving the way in biological holistic dentistry. She's learning from pioneers all over the world, and she has created the total care dental and wellness way, a patient care uh, centric health focused method for treating dental and overall health. And her patients are all from all around the world and they seek her out and come to her total care dental and wellness to have their health restored. She is also the founder of living well with Dr. Michelle. And uh, it's a, a local and global outreach to teach the habits and the behaviors necessary to really living well in today's world. She is uh, out of Utah and she is just a plethora of information. She's got a couple of websites, totalcaredental.com, livingwellwithdrmichelle.com and totalcareacademy.com. And I'll put those in the show notes, but she is, um, like I said, she's a, a naturopath. She's a therapeutic nutritional counselor, certified uh, nutritional uh, autoimmune specialist. She's Gosh, she's a busy mom of four. She loves to spend time with her family. She's happiest when she's teaching and helping people. And that shows she really wants to educate people. So I am so excited to have Dr. Michelle on Visibly Fit today. Well, thank you so very much, Dr. Michelle, for being on Visibly Fit today. This is an honor and a privilege, truly. I'm just thankful that I'm here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, no, I know we had like some little conflict in trying to make this happen. So this must be (laughs) going to be a really good interview. I know that for a fact. (laughs) So, um, well, first of all, you you are just... um, before the, we even started this conversation for this interview, I said off the air that when I grow up, I think I want to be like Dr. Michelle. You're also a naturopath. 
and you have just this dental expertise and you are more of, you know, the holistic approach, of course, but you're, you're gardening, you're teaching people how to be prepared. Like I, I've, I've, I've been watching you for some time and I'm thinking, how does she do all this? This is amazing. So let's, let's dive in first to, um, to hear about your story and, and why you even got on track. Cause you were doing more cosmetic dentistry in the beginning. Is that correct? Yeah. Go ahead. I'll let you share your story and then kind of what got you into the trajectory of where you are today. Exactly. Uh, my father is a dentist. And so I grew up in a dental family. I have three younger brothers that are dentists. It's just what we did, um, what we do. And I was practicing. I love the artistic, creative component of dentistry. Not a lot of people realize that there actually is a creative component in dentistry, uh, but that was really fun for me. I really love working with patients and connecting and so I was drilling out um, a lot of mercury fillings. I was making a lot of gorgeous smiles, you know, a lot of things that were fulfilling. But at about, you know, eight, nine years in, I started getting really sick and I didn't know what it was from. And so I went the typical route that everybody does, you know, went to all these doctors, got all the blood tests, got the x-rays, everything. And my big issues were gut health. And I thought, well, you know, gosh, everybody has a gut issue. You know, everybody struggles a little bit with food. So we changed our diet. We were already eating pretty well, but we changed it up even more and made it, you know, made it more clean and it helped some, but it didn't help a lot. And then the big ones were, I had numbness in my hand, hands, but particularly my right one, which that doesn't work. If you're a dentist, you have to be able to hold instruments and do fine detail work, especially the kind of work I was doing. And especially if you're right-handed, probably <laughs> I'm right-handed. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that wasn't working very well. And then my memory was just shot. I, I used to be able to remember everything about every patient. And I literally couldn't remember a patient's name from room to room anymore. Mm. So it was obvious that drastic things were happening and I didn't know what they were. So no doctors could give me answers. And, uh, I had the practice just for sale because I really literally couldn't continue what I was doing if it was going to continue going downhill like it was. So during this process of that sale, I was trying to figure out what to do. Should I consult? Should I coach? You know, I like to do those things. And I talked to another practitioner and he said, you know, you sound so much like me. Have you looked into mercury poisoning? Had never even heard of that. As a dentist, I knew that those fillings I was drilling out had mercury in them, but in school, they tell you it's no big deal. It's stable. It's inert. You don't have to worry about it. And so I hadn't thought a thing about it. And I, I said, you know, I don't, I don't have any mercury fillings. And he right. said, oh no, it's not the ones you have. It's the ones you've been drilling out with no protection for the last, you know, almost 10 years. And again, I hadn't given a thought to it. So I thought, well, it's worth looking into. I've tried everything else. So I got tested for mercury and it was mercury toxicity off the charts. And all of a sudden, all my symptoms made sense because mercury is a neurotoxin. Yeah. So not only does it affect gut function, but it also affects, you know, nerves and hands and sensation and majorly affects brain and memory and brain fog. And so all of a sudden, all the symptoms I was experiencing made sense because of the mercury piece. But the challenge was if I was going to continue being a dentist, I had to figure out how to get it out without putting more in continually. Otherwise I was never going to get better. There wasn't really a lot of information about that either. So I had to find doctors that were, you know, interested in, and could help me get rid of it. I had to find out, was there a way to continue doing dentistry in a different way, you know, right. that I, that I wouldn't get more mercury in. And so I found organizations that already had protocols for all of this. I didn't even know they existed. Didn't know there was anything out there that talked about this at all. And I had to find those organizations kind of almost self-taught, brought it into the practice. And then all of a sudden I'd started noticing, well, 
you know, I'm doing this for me, but how about the dental assistant sitting next to me? Right. Or how about the receptionist breathing it all in through the HVAC system? And how about the patient that's sitting in the chair and it's right in their own mouth and their own face? And so I started kind of having these little awakenings like, oh, if this is a problem for me, I'd I bet it's a problem for them. And then I had started having doctors reach out saying, oh, I've been looking for someone who does this. Do you also do this? And they would ask me things and I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. <laughs> like no clue. So I'd have to go research and find my own, find to get a place to learn it and then bring it back to the practice and be able to say, yes, I do that now. Uh, you know, I joked that I learned ozone through a veterinary conference. You know, there just weren't there weren't places to go to learn this. There's no such thing as a healthy dental education, you know, route. There's no such thing. I had to piece it together. And eventually I realized that the way I was now practicing really was in synergy with the way I lived my life at home, because I've always done the gardening and the self-sufficient living and the clean eating. And those have always been me at home, but it was like, I had to be a different person in my practice. And now it felt so good to actually be able to bring those things together and say, okay, we're going to talk about health all day long, every day at this practice, and we're going to help you be healthy from top to bottom. And so that's when I went back to school and got the naturopaths uh, degree certification as well. So I could really bring in the pieces that are so essential to what I speak about from a dental health standpoint and make it all full circle for people. So it was majorly an evolution <laughs> to get where I am. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I love the fact that um, you were just really at this crossroads and and you, instead of getting uh, bitter or kind of frustrated and, and just quitting, you're like, no, we're going to persevere and we're going to find the solution here. And and I love that. That's just your personality from from what I I've, uh, just know of you from watching you from afar. And, <laughs> and I love that because you being um, persevering has helped so many people. And so I just want to thank you. Uh, because there are so many people that just don't know what they don't know, just like you didn't know what you didn't know. And through your own struggle, you you came to those crossroads and and uh, and got educated. So with your toxicity, what was your protocol to get through that um, mercury toxicity? And and I mean, when you say high levels, can you do you remember the the level that you were at? I don't remember the amount, other than yeah. it was you know it's like green, yellow, red, and I'm clear over on this edge of the red. Yeah. You couldn't remember at that point. You could probably remember it now, but then your cognitive was in a decline. Exactly right. Yeah. So what, what was your protocol to get through that? Well, the challenge with mercury is that it lodges in tissues, right? So it's not just floating around in our bloodstream, ready to be excreted at any, at any time. That's not how it works. And so you have to pull the mercury from different organ systems and it's, it's a cascade a little bit. So, you know, there's places that it goes first and there's places that it goes last and you have to actually go last to first, you know, start where the, it goes last, which is often the gut. The reason mercury affects gut function is that mercury actually interferes with the binding of zinc. And zinc is necessary to create stomach acid. So mm. if you do, if you have mercury in the gut, then you don't create stomach acid. You stop digesting food. This is a, this is just a cascade of indigestion on and on to nutrient deficiencies and which people are taking meds for so that they can digest their food better and don't have reflux. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Yep. And the starting point may very well be the mercury. So mm. you have to start working on it in the gut then move to deeper organs, you know, liver, 
the last place you go searching for it is in the brain. So you have to have pullers or things that pull things out, which are called chelators. <laughs> and there's different chelators that work on different systems. Some are pretty, some are, you know, easy chelators like chlorella. And so I just started adding a lot of chlorella and cilantro and things, which are kind of just light chelators. They'll pull things from the gut. They'll pull things from, you know, the, the, the places that they go but they're not going to get into the brain. They're not going to get up there. And so you have to use things like EDTA and um, there's a DMSA. There's, there's some other things that you have to use to be able to chelate that. And so those are some pretty rough drugs, honestly. Um, I've used one called Cytal Detox that I feel crummy on. Every single day that I take this, I feel lousy. And then once you pull it, you have to actually dump it. So you need a binder. Um, so there's different binders that you can use as well. I use one called bind um, mm -hmm. that actually binds whatever has been pulled and then it dumps. So it's not just a simple here, take this pill and in two weeks, you're going to feel better. This right. was about a five year process for me really to, to pull bind dump and then no, it moves to the literally. next place. Pull, <laughs> bind, bump. You know, I mean, the, the, this is just kind of what you do constantly. Mm -hmm. And finally, at about five years in, I went, I think my brain's back here. I think mm. it's back. No, so God. it's not, it's not an overnight process, but it's something that's so important to do. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that goes with mold toxicity or other toxicities as well. But, but we're, you know, talking about mercury here because I, I do want to, you know, you were, you were inhaling it and, and, you know, it was all around your environment. It wasn't in your mouth, but so many people listening right now are like, uh oh, I do have a mercury feeling, filling. What do I do, Dr. Michelle? What do I do to get this out of, of my body? And then what do I replace it with? And who do I, you know, just what, what would you s tell somebody if maybe they're kind of a little panicky right now uh, listening? And there is research. It's interesting because I'll give you the entire, the reason I didn't know anything about this because the entire dental school talk on mercury and these fillings is if you tell someone that this could affect their health, you will lose your license. You've now got the entire dental school talk. So most likely mm. if you have a filling, you've not been told by a dentist that this could be damaging, that this could be dangerous, any of those kinds of things, because they actually have been told if they do so, they will lose their license. This has been, this has been one of those things that hangs over our head and has for, for forever. So uh, there are research studies that show that stimulating those fillings, which means toothbrushing, chewing, grinding your teeth, any of those things does release mercury vapor off the filling. So if you have one, you are getting mercury into the tissues. However, it is actually more dangerous to get that removed unsafely than to leave it in place. Because if you just go to a regular traditional dentist, they drill it all out, What's going to happen is you're going to swallow a large chunk of, you know, a large part of that, and you're going to breathe the vapors in from all of it. And you are going to get massive amounts of mercury versus the little tiny amounts that you're getting from chewing and brushing your teeth. So if you don't have a dentist that you can go to that can do this with safe protocols, don't do it. That's my first caveat. But there are places to find dentists that have safe protocols and they use a protocol called SMART. So it's an abbreviation, S-M-I-A-R-T, and you can find it through an organization. We can put it in your show notes, IAOMT.org. And this organization has a directory on their site of all the dentists who have been trained in this protocol. So it's really an important site to go to, to find somebody that's near you. Oh my goodness. Very helpful. Like that alone with this interview is worth it for the listener because there are so many that just don't know. And so, um, yeah, to get that filling removed safely is so vital and so important. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because mercury is one thing. Um, 
uh, and they can, you know, go to that site and find out uh, the dentist that works in their area to get that um, removed uh, safely. But let's talk a little bit about um, the, the mouth and how important it is to have a healthy mouth and how it affects your overall health and well-being. because a lot of people don't correlate the healthy bacteria in the mouth and they just think the gut brain, you know, access, they don't think about the, the mouth uh, and, and the gut and that kind of thing. So do you want to dive into that a little bit? So first of all, the mouth is the starting point of the digestive system. So when you talk gut brain, you're talking mouth brain Yes. because the mouth is the first entry point to the digestive tract. So this is part of your gut. This is where the food enters. This is where everything starts. This is where the enzyme activity starts. This is where, you know, all the toxins enter here. So everything that gets into the body comes in through the mouth, right? The mouth and the right. nose. Uh, primarily the mouth. So this is where things start. And there's a lot of research that goes with gut, uh, gum health and overall health. That has been decades in, you know, in the, the news, people talking about it, gum health and overall health. But I'm going to take it a little deeper even. Um, there was a book written, I believe in 2019, that uh, is called The Hidden Epidemic. And it's one of my very favorite books to reference because of the author. The author is an MD. And because it's not written by a dentist, to me, it kind of changes the conversation a little. This is an MD mm -hmm. now saying this. Mm -hmm. He's also a JD, which means he's a lawyer. Mm. The reason I like that is he's not going to say anything that isn't going to be backed by research and backed right. by science. So in his book, he says 60 to 80% of chronic health problems are either caused by or related to something in the mouth. 60 to 80%. Wow. That's wow. massive. So we're going to talk about kind of three smoking guns in the mouth from an infection standpoint. One is gums, absolutely gum health. There's all sorts of research showing the relationship with heart health, diabetes, low birth weight, babies, kidney problems, lung issues, on and on and on and on and on. So how do you know if you have gum disease? It's going to show up as bleeding gums, typically bleeding gums and receding gums. So the nice thing about the mouth is you can see it. You know, mm. I can't really see my gut. I don't know if, if about you. Can you see inside of your intestines? You know, no, <laughs> <laughs> you can't really see it. So the nice thing about this is we can see it. So we can get some clues, some, you know, early, early warning signs. Um, the other thing to look at is the tongue. The tongue is a huge indicator of what's going on. And if you want to go find some cool stuff, go look up the Chinese tongue mapping. Uh, mm. There's all sorts of information on if you have like, uh, red spots or places that aren't as bumpy or, you know, they're called denuded or like kind of smooth spots in the tongue. It shows as organ systems that are in, in stress. My mom has geographical tongue. Yep. Yep. Geographic mm -hmm. tongue is often a fungal issue. Mm -hmm. So uh, if anybody has geographic tongue, this is a tip I tell people all the time, start using a tongue scraper. Mm -hmm. What you're going to find is that there's all sorts of things living on the tongue that are not resolving. And it's the starting point to getting them resolved everywhere. So yes, yeah, so good. tongue, gums, easy to see, bleeding, swelling, inflammation, recession, signs, something's up. Yeah. The other ones that are not so easy to see, root canals. There are so much information and research around the issue with the root canal. And all it is, is it's based on the actual anatomy of the tooth. So the tooth itself has one main canal. Well, not just one, every root has one main canal. And when they do a root canal, they clean that out and fill it up. The trouble is that's not all that's in a tooth. There's little side feeder channels that go off of that main canal and they go all the way through the rest of that tooth to keep the tooth fed and alive. 
Well, when their a root canal procedure is done, they clean the main canal, fill it up. Can't clean those little feeder channels. They're just too small. And there's literally a mile of them in every tooth. Wow. They're just too small. So dead tissue, dead nerve tissue, dead blood vessel tissue stays in those little channels and it can't be cleaned. Well, bugs love dead stuff. So eventually, so your immune system has to work really hard to keep bacteria from finding the dead stuff and populating there and creating a little colony. Your immune system's on guard 24 seven with these. So what do we see? Autoimmune disease, all sorts of things that are related to immunity because the body has this low grade chronic never ending infection. So all of a sudden it's getting a little confused about who it's fighting anymore because it never stops fighting and autoimmune disease pops up. This is powerful information, Dr. Michelle, because I think of how many people I know, including myself that has had a root canal, right? Uh, And they're not fun. And um, I I just admitted that here on my podcast that I have one, but um, what do you do if if you've had a root canal? Like what, what are the steps? So the issue is those little tiny channels. If you redo, so what happens is the body kind of wears out and can't keep it all at bay anymore. And these reinfect and they get massive infections at the end and you don't feel it because Mm -hmm. the nerves gone. So you Mm -hmm. have no warning sign on this one. So first of all, you need to get what's called a cone beam CT scan. It is the gold standard diagnostically to find if there is new infection at the end of a root canal. We find these every day, all day long, infected root canals that no one has a clue about, but they're coming in sick. And they're saying, could this be related? Do I have an infection? We look, we go, you mean this dime size hole in your jawbone right here that the bacteria have eaten away? Yes, perhaps that could be related to your Hashimoto's, to your, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, whatever it might be. Yes, it's going to be related. So the cone beam CT scan, step number one, we have to identify it. Is it there? Then the problem is you can redo the root canal, but all they're going to do is clean out that main canal and fill it back up again. The only way that we have now, I mean, we're working desperately to try to find another answer, but the only way we have now to actually alleviate this issue is to remove the tooth because the root is full of dead tissue that's full of bugs. So there's no way to get to those bugs or that dead tissue without removing the tooth. Thankfully, we have some great replacement options. We use ceramic dental implants. I have a dental implant here. I've had it for 25 years. Nobody even knows it's an Looks amazing, smile. beautiful <laughs> smile. Yeah, nobody even knows. So yeah. we have ways to replace the tooth that are long lasting, that are going to be so much healthier than a dead tooth that's infected with bacteria and all sorts of other bugs. So unfortunately, everybody always asks, there's got to be a better way. Wow. I mean, just wow. Uh, because I have a, a, a fairly holistic dentist, right? And yet... Uh, so there's always a way to tighten things up. Um, and this is kind of a new revelation for me as well. And this is good to know, but, um, you know, a lot of people just don't spend the money on their mouth and it's an investment worth investing in, uh, obviously, because it is, it, it is no pun intended, but since we're talking about root canals, but it could be the root cause of your dis- disease in the body. And so it's worth investing in that, in that, um, area. Well, you, um, uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about, actually. Um, you mentioned teeth grinding um, and not just with mercury fillings, but I just want to say if, if teeth grinding in general, a lot of people do the teeth grinding, whether it's stress related or just uh, it's usually stress. Uh, but uh, what would you say to those teeth grinders? Um, because that is affecting uh, not just their their 
their dental wear and tear on their, on their teeth, but it's also affecting how just their overall health and with even their cognitive health, correct? Whenever they're doing the teeth grinding, it can cause Alzheimer's over the years, that kind of thing. Um, what would you say to teeth grinders? I mean, there's all kinds of apparatuses. Um, what is your take on it? And do you have any solutions? I'm going to back it down a couple, couple places. All so, right. beep, uh, beep. Let me back it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Back it up just a little bit because anytime you're grinding your teeth, there has to be a reason. So you've already mm-hmm. introduced, you know, a big one stress, you know, okay. There's stress involved here. So then I take it one step further. What does your body require when it's stressed? What does it need? It needs more oxygen to function better. The usual root cause of tooth grinding in probably 95% of people is actually low oxygen. What happens when you grind your teeth is that it flattens your tongue and the tongue sits in the mouth, but also back into what we call the airway. So the airway is just the tube that goes from here to here. And it's the, it's the thing that the air has to traverse to get to the lungs to where we need it. Then from the lungs, it goes throughout the entire body through the bloodstream. And then all the way up to the brain, everywhere, the body, the body needs oxygen. So when we're stressed, we need more oxygen up here. We have to have oxygen because oxygen is like our fuel to be able to fire all those neurons and help things to work. Right. People will say, well, I only grind or, or clench my teeth when I'm working out. What do you need when you're working out? And what happens? I grind my, my teeth at night. You know, I wake up with sore muscles and jaws and headaches. Well, guess what? When you lay down, that tongue tissue falls back into that tube or airway and blocks and can block, depending on what else is going on in here, can block you from getting air. So when you squeeze the teeth, it actually flattens the tongue and allows air to get easier from here to where it needs to go so it can get to your brain and arms and legs and everywhere else. So tooth grinding 95% of the time, there's 5% of people who are just wired to do this. The other 95% are all the rest of us. And we are doing it because we're not getting enough oxygen. So if that's the case, there's other signs and symptoms you can look for on this, Um, you know, poor sleep. So a lot of these people are going to have trouble going to sleep, staying asleep, or feeling refreshed in the morning. They wake up and they're like, gosh, I slept like, you know, like eight hours. Why do I feel so lousy still? I don't want to get out of bed. Well, because you actually weren't getting deep sleep. When Mm -hmm. you go into deep sleep, the tongue falls back, paralyzes, blocks off that airway. Your body says, um, no, you're going to wake up now and you're going to have, you know, you're going to need to eat. You're going to need to stay in lighter sleep because you're going to die if you don't. So your body won't let you do that. So it just won't let you sleep. So tooth grinding is a sign of a bigger problem. And that's the place that you need to start. What is going on with this airway piece? Mm. What's happening here? And what could cause airway issues? Some of it is developmental. Sometimes uh, there's a lot of talk about this and it goes to the naturopath piece a little. Nutrition has changed in the last 100 years. And the food we eat is not nearly as nutrient dense as it used to be. Mm-hmm. This upper jaw bone, the maxilla is the first bone affected by malnutrition. Isn't that interesting? It really is. Yeah. So if our food doesn't have the same nutrient value, the bones don't grow as well. And the jaw doesn't grow as wide. We also have pacifiers, sippy cups, a whole bunch of things that affect the way it grows. When our mouths are smaller, we have less space for the tongue to fit. So the tongue then has to go back into the airway and blocks where we should be getting air. So you squeeze your teeth, making more room. Some other things are extra bumps of bone. People will get them up here 
or underneath their tongue. My dad has that. Here I am talking about my mom and my dad. That's so funny. My dad has those two bones under there. Yep. Uh It's interesting. Uh It's because Mm -hmm. he's squeezing massively. Those bones are growing in resistance to the pressure. So those are signs that you're squeezing. Flattened teeth, especially in the front, are signs that you're not getting enough air because you're bringing your bottom jaw forward to make more air back here. And it's flattening off these front teeth. So people say, I'm chipping my teeth. I'm like, are you? Do you chip it with a fork? No, it's just like, it's, it's just chipping. I'm like, it's airway. You're doing it when you're asleep and you don't even know that it's happening. So the big question is, why do you have airway insufficiency? Is it because you have infected root canals? Or we didn't even talk about infection where the wisdom teeth came out. They Mm. cause swelling in the back of the head and neck and you don't get enough air. So the grinding is your first warning sign. And you need to set up and pay attention to say, ah, okay, do I have an airway issue? Could this also be affecting my health? High blood pressure is from airway problems. Cholesterol is high is from airway issues. If that's the case, the first thing you do is the same thing I already said a cone beam CT scan, because I'm going to see your entire, and you need a full volume, a full head one. I'm going to see the entire airway. I'm going to see the width of your jaw. I'm going to see all of those extra bones. I'm going to see everything, including a gland in your brain that starts to calcify when you don't get enough oxygen. I can see all of that. That's a precursor for Alzheimer's. So this is where you connect tooth grinding and Alzheimer's because tooth grinding from airway issues, which causes calcification in the brain, which leads to Alzheimer's and dementia. So the first thing is the cone beam, so cone beam CT scan. And then we address, what do we do to get you breathing better? Is it, That's we need so to get good. infected teeth out. Is it because we need to, you know, because we need to expand your upper arch again, your upper jaw to make more room for things. What do we need to do to fix it? So there's not just one fix, oh. it's, but the key is finding the cause. Yeah. Then you find the that's so good. I mean, so, so good. And and I talk about breath a lot because so many people are, are holding their breath and don't realize it. And you have to reprogram your mind and how you're, you're filling up your, your lungs with oxygen and be, just people aren't breathing to the to level that we need to be breathing anyway, and especially at night. So this is so good. Well, you mentioned something too. Structural. Or structural could structural be right. 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 And so you mentioned something that um, I wanted to bring up quickly. Um, about jaws being thrusted forward. And I bring that up because there are devices now that do thrust your jaw forward so that you don't have snoring issues or sleep apnea. And we know that there's like, you know, several layers to back that conversation up as well, because why, why do you have apnea? Why do you have, you know, um, snoring issues? Is it weight? Is it this? Yeah. So, but there are all these devices. There's a, a device called excite that stimulates your tongue, uh, to, to be stronger and, and to keep all that from happening for, so your tongue doesn't fall back. What are your thoughts on those kind of procedures, if you will, um, to keep from apnea or snoring to occur? I mean, I know that it's not a quick, you know, purple pill. You got to get to the root. Uh, as they're getting to the root, is that something that someone should partake in or, or is there another solution that you have in mind? Problem with those appliances that hold the jaw forward is like any joint. So let's say that your elbow (laughs) was having, you know, that we needed to move your elbow open or close, you know what I mean? All night long. Yeah. And so you're, you're putting it in a fixed position. So they put it in a fixed position. This is an interesting joint. It actually, the ball moves out of the socket. It's unlike a lot of joints. Cause if you think about an elbow, if the ball stays in the socket, the shoulder, the ball stays in the socket, the knee, you know, the ball stays in the socket, not here. The ball actually moves out of the socket as we open. It comes down and forward as we Mm -hmm. open. 
So the ball has to be held, has to be tethered on the back by a ligament and on the front by a muscle to be able to allow it to come forward and then back and forward and back. So if you're holding it in a static or, you know, fixed position all night hours for hours, the back piece, remember, is the ligament. Well, have you ever heard of overstretched ligaments? Yes. yes. So what happens is this comes forward. You're stretching that ligament on the backside, not, you know, for eight hours a night, whatever it is, and you will get ligament laxity. So now what we're finding is after about two years, two and a half years of wearing these forward pulling appliances is that all of a sudden you're getting popping and clicking in the joint because that ligament is not holding the structures in place anymore. And you're actually getting bone changes. Bone, the bone is changing because you are holding it in an artificial position for that number of hours. So does it help in the interim? Yes, it does. But a lot of these appliances are quite expensive. So I'm like, do you really want to go put a $4,000 piece of plastic in your mouth? That's going to cause long-term, long-term. jaw joint degeneration, right? You know, for a temporary six month fix, or would you rather get to the root cause and find out what do we need to do? So we do have appliances that I use as well that do hold the jaw forward, but in the process of holding the jaw forward, we're also expanding the jaw. So it's creating a corrected situation. Does that make sense? Sure. Because the jaw forward is a band-aid. It's yeah. a band-aid. The correction is jaw forward while we're expanding so that you then don't have to wear an appliance at all. And that's what I want to do is actually make the structural issues better or take out an infection or do something so that the airway opens without having to cause more damage in the long run that you're now going to have to deal with later a separate second issue than you never had that you didn't have before. Right. Right. So there's okay. a lot that needs to be known in this area. Oh my a lot goodness. of caveat, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there isn't, but, but people are, uh, certain dentists are pushing it because it is a, a high dollar, a high ticket item, uh, you know, apparatus. So, you know, sometimes, uh, or a lot of times it's a lot about the money. So, um, that being said, it's, it's important to know the details of these apparatuses and how to make it better. So, um, I, I really appreciate you so much. I I know that I could have several interviews with you and maybe we can do a part two, because I really want to get into, um, some fun stuff with nutrition and preparedness and, uh, gardening. Like I just, I, I love that about you. And I think that there's so much that my audience could uh, benefit and glean from as well. So would you do a part two sometime? I want to be honorable <laughs> yes. of your honor of your time. Cause I know you have to get to work. Um, but, but yeah, so I would, I would love that as a, as a second uh, segment. So um, thank you for sharing your knowledge, your information with us. And those of you listening, um, uh, well, those of you listening, if you're listening, you're listening, um, go to uh, livingwithdrmichelle.com. Is that correct? Living well with Dr. Living Michelle. well, thank you. Living, I knew that. Living well with drmichelle.com. And uh, she has written four different books. She's got all kinds of information there and you can find out more about her practice there. But again, it's livingwellwithdrmichelle.com. I will put that in the show notes. Uh, do you have any uh, maybe last uh, wrap up kind of conversation you want to share with somebody that might be listening, that might be feeling overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, I have to change everything. What would be one thing that you would start with today to change their, their dental hygiene and to have a healthier, better life? The one thing I would start with is to start paying attention. Just mm. look in your mouth and see it for what it is. It is full of information. So check it out. Start 
paying attention to what's going on. And I think you're going to be able to really get a handle on maybe a large majority of health things you're struggling with if you just start looking for answers here. Because even, even overall health things will show up here. So this is a really important information source for you. That's good. Take a look in your mouth and start there. So thank you, Dr. Michelle. And uh, thank you for being on Visibly Fit. We will catch y'all next time. Again, go to livingwellwithdrmichelle.com. Be blessed. Hey there, I know we just wrapped up this interview, but I want to come back on because I, I failed to mention that the fact that Dr. Michelle Jorgensen is on the Visibly Fit podcast, it's because of you. It's because I've had inquiries about holistic uh, dentistry and, and just, you know, the, the health of our mouth and how it affects our, our overall health and well-being. And I am not an expert in that field. And I wanted to bring her on. She is just amazing. She is uh, full of information and she was so gracious with her time. Um, I know we'll be having her on again. I really do. It was so much fun, but it's because of you It's because you reached out via email or social media. So I want to invite you again. Uh, if you are interested in a certain topic, whether it's something that I know about and I can share in one of my uh, solo podcasts, or if I can bring on an expert to give you the information that you are inquiring about, please, please let me know. And I will find that, uh, that expert to bring on to visibly fit so that you will be more knowledgeable and more and feel like you're more in control of your health and your well being. And, you know, knowledge is power. And when we put that knowledge into, into action and we, we take better care of ourselves because we, um, are, are more knowledgeable, then that's how we can live a healthier, longer, better life. So, um, with that said, again, make sure you email me at Wendy at wendypet.com or contact me via social media but let me know what you're interested in hearing about. And I promise I will address it myself or bring an expert on, but thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I loved this episode. I learned so much myself and um, Dr. Michelle was just so gracious with her time. And I hope you learned a lot as well. So share this podcast with others and uh, make sure you're following and leave a, a, a rating and a review. That'd be awesome. But um, if you're interested in the nutritional side of things and the physical health of the, the mind and the spiritual component, uh, you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but if you're interested and if your time is now to make big changes in your life that will be long lasting, then go to getvisiblyfit.com and, um, and you can dive into the seven week program there that will change the trajectory of your health and your well-being. I promise. Um, if you have questions on it, email me and we will set up a time to talk and have a conversation to make sure it's a fit for you. All right. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.